Head over to Hulu this March, where our new shows and movies will keep you streaming all month long. Catch the award-winning movie, Poor Things, starring Emma Stone, Mark Ruffalo, and Willem Dafoe. Check out the new documentary, Freaknik, The Wildest Party Never Told, about the iconic Atlanta street party. And don't miss FX's Shogun, a reimagining of the epic tale starring Anna Sawai. So, what are you waiting for? Go stream something new on Hulu. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Social media, Facebook in particular, is shown to be harmful to a sizable percentage of its users. It's not all doom and gloom, though. In distress hand signals learned on popular TikTok memes may have saved a missing 16-year-old teen. Black Tag aims to be the streaming media platform for black audiences all around the world. Who discusses the importance of this platform and others like it in democratizing content as well as some of the pitfalls players in this space might face. 23andMe had much more in mind than just allowing customers to research their ancestral roots. The company is using its massive database of the human genome to make better drugs. And we debut our new segment, the Technion Spotlight, where we showcase a black pioneer in the field of technology. We've got all this and more in episode 9 of the Tech John. From Columbus, Ohio, I'm your host, Rob Dunwood. And coming out of Philly, it's your girl, Tech Life Steph. And out of these suburbs of Atlanta, this is Terrence Gaines, a.k.a. Brother Tech. You went back to the suburbs of Atlanta? Well, yeah, because, you know, the, the Braves, since they wanted to move out to Cobb County, then now I'm going to rep the suburbs of Atlanta oh, since, the, since the Braves won. <laughs> Just for a minute, though, and then I'm going to go back to the Hawks because they, they had a funny, funny, funny um, kerfuffle, lack of a better term, about their parade. So they let all the schools out on Friday for the Braves parade. For those who don't know, uh, Atlanta Braves won the World Series, and they just had their parade on this coming Friday. So they let all the people out in preparation for this parade. Well, people were uh, curious as to what they were going to do, where they were going to have the parade in the city, mm-hmm. where the Atlanta, the name of the team is the Atlanta Braves, or were they going to have it out in the county because, you know, the Braves moved their stadium out into the county. So, you know, <laughs> in a think of it as a uh, split custody scenario (laughs) the parents are fighting mom and dad are fighting right so the mediator or the judge you know said all right start the parade in the city and it's going to carry through the city for a little while y'all gonna hop on the interstate go out to the county and then then finish the parade in front of the in front of the in front of the stadium where they play and then they're going to have some sort of celebration slash concert in the actual stadium that they play well, the kerfuffle happened and I wasn't there, but I saw some uh, tweets and TikToks of if you think of a parade, you think especially a championship parade after a team won a championship, you know, the players are, you know, hanging on top of the bus. They're right. The they're ticker tape coming out. down from the, the, the bus that the parade is going slow. Maybe some of the players get out and they walk in front of the bus. Well, all that happened on the county side (laughs) on the city side i've seen tweets and i've seen tiktoks of the buses and the whole parade going about 20 miles an hour 
through the city. So basically, wow. you know, a drive-by. Basically, they did a drive-by, wave, 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 and then they got out to the county in the suburbs. Uh, you take that as you as you the mm. code and stopped and did the actual actual parade. So people were up in arms about that. So I just thought that was interesting. <laughs> That's janky. I, I call myself a sports fan. And I knew that the World Series was going on. I knew who was playing, but I didn't know mm-hmm. that it ended yet. So, oh, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah. you know, yeah. I just kind of, you know, I'm just, baseball, I'm not so a baseball I, fan I, at I all. So, baseball. so, yeah, no, I, don't I like this. visiting baseball stadiums. Baseball stadiums are always very cool. Like, I, I feel like they're the vibe is better than like at football stadiums. Oh, yeah. Um, the food is typically better. Like I, I, I do actually like going to baseball games and visiting the stadiums. I, I just love like baseball. I love going to baseball games because you don't have to pay intimate attention the whole time. Like you can't go to a basketball game and not pay attention because like the game is moving so fast. Football, I mean, you can kind of stop paying attention yeah, to our timeouts and stuff like that. But mm-hmm. uh, but when, when it's baseball, I mean, for pretty much Baseball's the whole, <laughs> you know, for the whole game, you don't have to pay intimate attention because the plays happen so quickly. It's like I, I want to look at this for 12 seconds then I want to look away for a minute and look at, you know. So uh, so I, I'm with you on that. I love going to the games, but just watching it on TV. I just can't bring myself to do it now. Not going to happen. Well, y'all before- yeah, no, I watch it. I watch the World Series and that's about it. <laughs> so. But before we go uh, much further and even get into the meat of the show, we got to once again thank Professor Tanya M. Evans for showing up. <laughs> Dr. <And> professor. <laughs> Dr. Professor. Because, um, you know, Terrence, you created a clip of uh, one of the points that oh. she was making. And that thing has thousands of views. On- oh, I knew that was a clip as soon as she said it. Right. I made a mental mm-hmm. note. I'm like, right. yeah, I'm going to cut this one up. And um, so so once again, um, we are on Patreon. So, folks, there is a lot more to that conversation that didn't come out in the general podcast uh, that is for our patrons only. So head over to patreon.com forward slash the tech John and uh, you can become a member and get access to those benefits as well. But I was once again say thank you so much. And this is how impressive it was to me. My dad, my, my daddy, he actually called me yesterday. And said, son, I listened to your podcast. And I actually listened to the whole thing. It's like, usually I just listen to the first five or six minutes. You start talking about stuff I don't care about. But, uh, thanks. Thanks. Yeah, thanks. So thanks, Dad. I know. Thanks, but, you, know you know what? I, I will take the support, the support where, where, where I can get the support. You just like, you know, the fact that he hey, actually is downloading. Five minutes counts as a listen. I mean, is there a time, you know what I mean, that you got to listen long enough that it counts as a listen? Like, listen. But no, I told long him enough I, to count as a listen. Yeah, I was like, Pops, this one you need to listen to. Not only did he listen, he listened, played it back a couple. Oh, that was a good point. Let me go back and get this. And he, he, he said, you know, listening to people talk about money is not generally something that I do because in his mind, no one can count his money better than he can count it himself. So uh, that's just how he rolls. But he's like, um, no, this was really interesting in the way she broke down what Bitcoin actually is and and, and how it works. Made him go out because he has a cash app account and he he put a little money and bought him some Bitcoin. So it worked. We got at least we, we got at least one. So, yeah, well, so, my pops. so uh, to juxtapose that with my father, because I had that same conversation. I had to force my family to get into a, a chat group. So my whole point with getting them in the chat group is to share information like this. So when we had the conversation. I cut the clip. I actually sent that clip to my family, you know, and, and they it, it started the conversation. 
But then it got to the point to where investment part, well, can't you just do it for me? I'm like, that defeats uh, the purpose right. of you managing your wealth if That's I'm doing right. it for you. I gave you the link. I gave, I'm sending some other links, you know, like real, like real basic. What is Bitcoin? You know, real, real basic. He's like, oh, well, can't you just do it for me? I'm like, oh. no, <laughs> no, no, I can't. But no, um, and I don't know. Maybe, maybe we will. But that's what's up. I mean, I think that's you know was the whole point of this podcast is just to to get the information to get our people, people exposed, you right? You know that that they need to to stay up on what's happening in this in this tech economy and this in this innovation um, economy. So it, it it just confirms um, why this content is so relevant and necessary um, for our community and, um, you know, really just, you know, gives, I think, all of us the motivation to, to, to keep going. Keep going Absolutely. Around. And we will undoubtedly talk about crypto and Bitcoin and Ethereum and all that kind of stuff again in future episodes. We probably will talk about it multiple times because it, it is a thing. Um, so much a thing that the the uh, new mayor, the, I should say the mayor-elect of New York, uh, this bro is going to actually get his first, I think, three paychecks in Bitcoin. Well, now I got. I think I need to put a caveat in there. He has asked for his first three oh, paychecks so in Bitcoin. Yeah, mm -hmm. and 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 honestly, you know, I don't, I ain't going to run too hard with the story. I'll let y'all handle that. But <laughs> it seems like a ginormous publicity stunt. Mm -hmm. um, at least fifty percent of it, anyway. Um, you know, because the mayor of Miami and and there's a whole thing with that. But but I'll let you get into that. No, I, I have some thoughts. I wasn't even taking that deep. I was just saying that yeah. he's doing it. it. It is a thing. This stuff is not going away. That was the bigger no, point that I'm making because AA Rod Rogers, uh, who we don't really want to talk about him right now, but we'll talk about this. I think he's even getting some of his contract in like Bitcoin. And then was it um what's his name um Beast Mode. What's his, what's his real name? Marshawn. Uh, Marshawn. Did Marshall, he get some of his Marshall, money in Bitcoin too? Lynch, or did Marshawn he, Lynch. Yeah, didn't he get some of his money in Bitcoin too? I don't know if it was him. One of them NFL players did, and they made a killing off of it. I right. can't think of it. Who? Somebody I, did. I, I, yeah. And I know, like, I, I, I feel like Russell, uh, what's Sierra's husband's name? Russell Wilson? Mm -hmm. Russell Wilson. Or somebody gave his teammates some Bitcoin. Um, like as because I think quarterbacks they they be gifting their their D line their O line Offensive, like yeah, crazy. Right. yeah and um I think he gave his O line like some Bitcoin or something too so it, it's out there like I said we we will definitely have more conversations about it that you know that conversation we had last week was so well received we are to this day still getting um you know tweets and people are looking at the uh the, you know the, the clips that we put out there of it. And it's something that, you know, that, you know, as Professor Evans said, it's something that we simply need to be in. We do not want to yeah. let this one pass us by. So with that, let's go ahead and get into the meat of the show. And I know we talk about social media a lot because there's a lot going on in social media. And it's, you know, um, particularly it's something that we need to uh, pay attention to. But, uh, you know, th there's a story out with Facebook um, was harmful for 360 Million users. So, what is that? About ten percent of users yeah. are suffering ill effects from the use of Facebook. Well, it's funny because I kind of likened it to like the population of this country. You know, just imagine if everybody in this country was like, "Facebook is killing me," you know, or it's 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 killing my mental health, or it's kill. You know, it just it. it I think it really that that number, that three hundred fifty million number, just kind of really put it in perspective um, for me uh, because that could literally be everybody in this country. You know, mm -hmm. if, you, if you look at 
you know, population where obviously it's, it's global, but, um, but that's a lot of people. That's a lot of people who and, are just being, you know, negatively affected by social media. And we're so, you know, American egocentric that we always think that everything affects us most, but where this is worse is actually in India and in the Philippines where that's, that's Facebook's biggest market because you're talking about, you know, with India, you know, over, um, you know, their, their population is over, what is it? 1.1 billion or something like that. Um, I mean, they're, they're up there. So they have just an enormous amount of folks, uh, you know, on Facebook. It is the internet for them. We talked about that a few shows back, how Facebook can almost be your, your on ramp to the internet. And I believe it was like one in four are feeling these effects. So it's, uh, yeah, people need to, to, you know, I always heard people say, yeah, I want to take that digital detox. I want to, I want to get off of social for a while. And I never really, why? Um, it's like, it's fun to be on there. But, you know, for me, I was just never on it like that. But I think now as I start to get into it more and I'm just like in this group and that group, sometimes you just need to, <laughs> I'm just, I'll see y'all in a month. I'll go, I'll go chill, uh, I'll go chill and recharge uh, a little bit. Well, you know, it, 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 of course, like you mentioned, it depend on, depends on why you're on the social media. You know, there are a lot of people who can legitimately say, or from their perspective say, I mean, just get off of Facebook. Why are you attached to it like that? You know, it's just supposed to be for fun. You know, it's supposed to be social, you know, but it is uh, changed to where a lot of people make, if not all of their money, most of their money marketing, engagement, you know, everything uh, relies around social media to where, you know, nowadays, if your business doesn't have a Facebook page, you know, um, you're missing out or you get the impression that you're missing out on a lot of opportunity. So, you know, for those who say, oh, you know, social media is supposed to be for fun, you know, uh, just, just cut it off. There are some people who like, if they did not include social media in their marketing advertising campaign, uh, one, they would not reach all the people that they normally do and normally do. And two, it may be crazy expensive to do traditional marketing when the allure to social media is it's free. And I mean, in most cases now, of course, you got to pay for Facebook ads and marketing, things of that nature. But that evergreen viral um marketing that's free and i think that is how a lot of people get negatively impacted in my opinion to tie it all back to the story is that that if i just get this one viral post or comment or video or whatever the case may be i can use that to launch all these other things that i want to do or just get out of this rut or whatever the case may be, you know, so it's almost like the lottery. I just get that one hit and then I'm on, That's you know, so they're, 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 they're digging, they're searching, they're, they're maybe even, you know, uh, distancing from who they really are just to get on. And then once they get on, then again, that takes them wherever, but the, we don't see all the people who didn't get on. We always hear about that one viral sensation. We don't hear about the 99% of the people you know, out there negatively impacted because they're searching for something that they're not getting from social media. Well, and I think this is just a reflection of where we are as a society um, when you have people that are disconnected, so disconnected in real life 
from friends and family and and just interaction with actual human beings that you now get to a point where you're relying on these platforms as you know not even not only just entertainment but communication connection you know everything with the outside world you know lives on these platforms so you know we really do have to kind of get back to basics in some sense in how we interact and relate to each other because um social media is not real <laughs> just fyi for whoever's listening mm-hmm. it's just not real and, and and we really need to get back to um to real interactions real human interactions you know the metaverse ain't gonna, ain't gonna cut it for us psychologically and mentally and emotionally and and it's only getting it seems like it's only getting worse so we can't just leave that on a down note. There, there are some positive benefits of social media. Um, and we, we, we all, the, I mean, the fact that we're doing this show is a benefit of what social media can do. I mean, that, that's how people uh, learn about our show. But Stephanie, you have put a uh, story in here about a little girl who, you know, I mean, she had been kidnapped. Um, she was missing. And um, based on some things she learned off of social media, was able to help some people, uh, you know, let people know that she was in trouble. So why don't you tell us about that? Yeah, there was a 16-year-old girl who had been missing for several days. She was rescued this past Thursday when she caught the attention of a driver by using hand gestures to signal that she was in distress. Now, this was in Kentucky, in Laurel County, Kentucky, um, said, you know, they arrested a guy after he was pulled over. Um, he he had, you know, child porn on his phone and all this other stuff. But that basically, there is a... Um, a hand signal that domestic violence um, survivors you can use to let people know that they are in distress that this young girl learned on TikTok that she used and someone saw her and 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 called 911. So I mean I'm you know for everybody who is is watching the stream or will watch this replay I'm going to do the hand signal just so you know it's you know if you hold up your your hand um if you hold up your hand palm up and put your thumb over your over the palm of your hand so like like you were like you were making the number 4 but keep your fingers together and then so you do that first and then you close your fingers over your thumb so it's a two step motion you hold up you hold up your hand um so that your palm is facing outward you put your thumb over your palm and then you close your fingers over your thumb and that will um let alert people that you may be in some sort of um distress there was a the Canadian Women's Foundation, this is actually an international universal signal for help in cases of domestic violence. So so women around the world, you know, know that this is something that people can see and, and know that you're, you know, in distress. And, and like I said, just I, I wanted to put these two stories together just to show, you know, as, as much as we, you know, get on social media for for you know, making 350 million people feel distressed, it is also teaching us a lot of things and and potentially saving lives. So it's that tool that can be used for good and bad, but but you got to have that balance. Right. And the tool is the important part because a lot of people don't see social media as a tool. They see it as their lives. And same thing with anything, politics, religion, whatever the case may be, it should be a tool. It should yep. be one and only thing. And I may be stepping in some deep waters on that, but <laughs> I take. So, 
So uh, our, our next story in the lineup, and this is one I really wanted to dig in. I have a lot of uh, thoughts and uh, opinions on this, but it is, you know, you know, what is what is Black Tag? You know, you know, Black Tag is, uh, you know, a, a, a new company that's doing some some really, really cool things with uh, video. Essentially, you can think of it almost as a Netflix or a Hulu type service. But this is being run by black creators. And, you know, the goal of this is to put black creators on. So uh, I wanted to get both of your opinions. I, you know, I think you both had the opportunity to take a look at the story. But, uh, you know, what are your thoughts about this this black tag that is specifically a and I know I already know what you guys think, but I just want you to say it. Uh, <laughs> what, what are your thoughts on a, you know, a platform? That is, you know, that is basically, you know, food was for us, by us to put, mm-hmm. you know, folks who are doing the kind of stuff that we're doing on in front of our audiences um, and bypassing all of those gatekeepers that we had to go through for just forever. You want to go first? <laughs> well, I'm scared to go first because I may surprise you. I may surprise you. Um, Go ahead. Go um, ahead, man. What you got? <laughs> so... Too many cooks in the kitchen is not the phrase that I want to apply to this. Mm -hmm. But what I do want to say is we as black folks looking to find our own places to where we can share and not feel threatened and also get the shine that we deserve. I'm concerned that we may. um, Dilute. Yes, that's the exact word I'm looking for. Mm -hmm. Dilute our. Um, power our potential if a bunch of these type services pop up out of the blue for a very good reason. We need these type of services. We need to show people that we don't have to be on Facebook. We don't, or we don't have to only be on Facebook. We don't have to only be on Instagram, Twitter, TikTok, YouTube. We can also be on another service that caters to us specifically and gives and make sure our needs are met. The problem is we may run into an issue. We have to be careful to where we're not diluting into where there is a black tag. And then there's a, also a fan base. Right. And there's a, you know, same thing with the black business directories. I saw that. Oh my God. Too. There's like a thousand of those. Yeah. And it's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. you know, if we, if we, there is a, there's something to be said about not having a one or a, uh, a, a, a one method, if not one way or not one service, one method of figuring out how we can do this versus everybody. We all taking our little bit and then splitting out. Right. That mm-hmm. dilutes. And, you know, I just I will be, I want to be careful about that. But outside of that, I do think we do need to explore and we need to experiment and we do need to find what other additional options that we have to us besides being solely beholden to the, the 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 big dogs, for lack of a better right. term. Right. And honestly, I agree wholeheartedly. You didn't surprise me at all. Okay. Um, I, think, <laughs> I think we we really need to do, you know, what is what is collective work and responsibility? Ain't that one of the principles of Kwanzaa? Mm-hmm. Um, we really need to 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 start figuring out how to really implement that in practice for real, for real, for real, because it, it, I feel like what is happening when you do have all these disparate platforms all over the place, 
quality suffers big mm -hmm. time. You know what I mean? I'm looking at this from a straight tech perspective and I, and I downloaded black tag about a week ago. Um, and I ain't hating. I really ain't. We definitely need, you know, our own outlets and we need to, to, to maintain ownership of our content and all the rest of that. This, particular platform reminds me very much of, of a Quibi style platform. I don't know if you guys remember Quibi. Mm -hmm. It kind of came and went grand opening, grand closing. Yeah. Right. Yeah. It, but it was, but it was a, it was a really well done platform. I will right. say that the content was amazing. I, I, I had my trial. I don't think I, I might've paid seven ninety nine for like a month, but it's just too much. You know, when you start talking about adding all these different streaming platforms to your, to your bill, um, but while I was watching it, the content was very well produced. It was optimized for vertical video, which was the whole sort of, you know, um, little kicker behind Quibi. Um, it, it was just really, really well done. That, that's mm -hmm. what I will say about it. Um, and, and this one is, is not that. As, as much as it is trying to be, um, at, at a minimum, it's not optimized for vertical video. That's, that was the first thing that I noticed about the, about the content on, on the platform. Um, and then, so when you take all of these disparate platforms that are all just okay, mm -hmm. but yet you want us to pay for them. Mm -hmm. That's what it, it becomes a problem. I mean, I mean, when you look at fan base, it's like I, I have fan base on my phone too. I got, I got all, I got all of these on my phone. However, you know, how much am I really engaging with them? How much am I really, you know, contributing any sort of content to them? Am I going to? Would I be willing to pay for any of it? And honestly, the answer is just no, right now, because they're not there yet. And right. and I think that's the, the that you know Chicken your, or the your, egg. your point. Yes, your right. point is part of the problem. It's like there's too many. And I think we need to really, you know, figure out how to pool our resources, you know, because because the Valley ain't going to give us no money, you know, then we need to figure out how to really pool our resources to create one or two that are high quality that will allow us to get paid and showcase our talent in the best light and, and do all those wonderful, beautiful things that we keep saying we want. Um, but but the quality has to be there. And right now, honestly, you know, no hate, no shade. It just ain't there yet. It just ain't there yet. I hear what both of you are saying and I actually kind of agree with that, you know, that standpoint as well. But just just to put this out here, you know, here's another thought that, that I also hold if I can talk out of the both sides of my mouth. Um, these platforms are going to go through the same trials and tribulations that all platforms go through. You can mm -hmm. say the exact same thing about the, you know, the majority of the things that are like this out there. And eventually the cream kind of rises to the top. You, you know, if, if the content on this, like if, if you really like the content on funny or die, that's where you'll go. If you really like the content on, on black tag, that's where you'll go. If you really like the content on, and I threw this in the notes on Kevin on stage studios, because that's actually something that I actually subscribe to because I, you know, I really like that comedian. You know, I've seen him, um, you know, a couple of times. I, I like the type of uh, relatively clean comedy that, that they do. And, you know, that that mm -hmm. vibes with me. So I was a fan of just watching, you know, you know, Kevin on stage all over social media, on Facebook, on Instagram. I mean, he's pretty much everywhere. It's like, oh, you have your own streaming service. Oh, look, let's go check this out. So mm -hmm. I think that, you know, be, you know, even though there may be a lot of these things that are that are coming up, the ones that are good are going to ultimately kind of rise to the tap and you'll probably start to see some consolidation. 
Um, mm-hmm. The other side of this, though, or not even the other side, just a different take on this. I think that these things are super important because, you know, a, a conversation that I have with a, I don't want to say a lot, but with, you know, some of my, you know, and, and th- these are true, honest friends, pe- you know, people that I care for who care for me. Um, you know, who, who, you know, who have a little bit less melanin in, in, in their tones. I, I've actually had them. It's like, so I just, I want to ask, I want to understand. You mean like white folks? Yes. I mean like white folks. <laughs> okay. <laughs> do you want to be clear? Why do you <laughs> feel like you need to create your own platform? You know, couldn't mm-hmm. you just create a platform and not talk about it being, you know, this or that? And, mm-hmm. um, you know, I don't immediately hit them with the white privilege, you know, um, you know, hammer because that can often shut down conversation. But I try to explain is that, you know, when you say that, you're probably thinking of the thing that you don't have to think, well, this is a white thing. It is just a thing for you. But when it is just a thing for you, sometimes my perspective, my point of view, my culture isn't expressed on that. So in order for me to actually be able to see that, in order for me to be able to listen to that, in order for me to be able to, you know, to, you know, partake in that culture that I might be looking for, I can't always go to the mainstream thing because my culture isn't in this country, you know, you know, for the last 400 and some odd years, it has not been mainstream. Um, You know, you know, it's, you know, trying to get it there, but it, but it just isn't. So I think these platforms are super important because one of the things that the internet has done, it, it is, it is. I don't want to say it's rendered. Uh, you know the. Uh, you know the big media houses uh, insignificant. Big it absolutely keepers. hasn't done that. You know, right. um, but it's changed. It's, it's, it's democ- changed. It's democratized the exactly. process to some extent. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So when, when I look at, like I said, you know something that I subscribe to, uh, you know Kevin on Stage Studios. When I look at that, it's like, you know, what he's doing. He couldn't have done that ten years ago. Um, at the right. level and with the speed, I mean, this thing popped up during the pandemic. I mean, it was it was pretty quick, fast and in a hurry that he got this thing up and going. Um, I look at things like, uh, you know, like Roland, you know, you know, Roland Martin's uh, network. Now, his is a little different. It's not an actual, um, you know, program that you download. He is, you know, curating content from black creators all over and just saying, here's the stuff that, you know, I think that, you know, you, you, you might like, you might, li- you know, you might want to listen well, he to. Has his, he has with his the, own show on it, there as well. Right. His own show um, with the Black does, Star yeah, Network. He does a daily, he does a daily show. I have that app on my phone too. Mm-hmm. Um, he does a daily show. His wife does um, some, some prayer, uh, something um and there's other content on there like I, right now i think you can go on there and watch um colin powell's funeral um actually right. in its entirety mm-hmm. so it's 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 more of a news-based platform i right. think that probably is the difference um and, tr- and let, don't get me wrong let me go on record if, if i sounded like i was hating and was never going to support these platforms that is not the case i think they are all necessary i definitely like i said i have them all on my phone but would i pay for mm-hmm. <laughs> you know once we start talking coins like i don't have an unlimited i don't have you know unlimited disposable income so you know if i'm if i'm deciding between watching the harder they fall and paying for my net netflix subscription and and this it, it, it might the choice might be fairly easy and i understand that that's a whole it's, it's not even an apples apples comparison for real for real but i think if we got together, I think my point my mm-hmm. for my earlier rant is that if we if we got together and and didn't try to create so many little networks and and really worked on creating one or two 
that that did have that production value um, and 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 the, the technical infrastructure and backbone um, underneath all of that to, to make it work seamlessly and things like that. I think we could really create something amazing um, if, if we could get that to happen. That could compete to that to could compete. Compete, absolutely. It that could be the black Netflix. And, so and, you and really whatever, have to scratch absolutely. your head and be like, yo, I may have to switch over on this. Right. And then you know everything else right. comes to place. So yeah, I get it as well. Um, but the benefit, like to to um, to cosign Rob's point, the benefit that a lot of these uh, black platforms, you know, they get the direct support from the customers mm-hmm. that they're looking to uh, cater to, where else a lot of these big time companies get money all over the place. They may get it from ad dollars. They may get it from companies. They may get it from whatever to where they are split on the type of content they want to provide. They feel like they need to provide content for everybody versus these some of these uh, streaming platforms we're talking about one goal, you know, mm-hmm. and they get their money directly from their consumers. So it's right. like, all right, we need to make sure that this is the content they want to see or we ain't gonna get no checks next week. That's so right. that, right. that puts right. them in a, it's a good problem to have, right? That may put them, you know, like Rob said, you know, after a while, the cream will rise to the top because the best platform that did exactly what they set out to do and did it well, you know, um, they'll they'll get their shine and then people will start to come on. So it's like, it's it, but it goes to my, in my opinion, it goes to the chicken or egg thing, you know, do the people come and the yeah. content gets better or does the content get better and, and the people, people come. come? True, true. If you build <laughs> yeah. it, they will come. I'm putting this out there right now. Um, I feel like Afrotech is a pretty big, well-known conference for Black folks in technology. Mm-hmm. I think they have the clout to mm-hmm. bring together the players that could make this happen mm-hmm. um, the way it needs to. They could they could get a Tyler Perry um, on board. They could probably, you know, get um, these the black tag folks and they, they could definitely get a Roland Martin. And they, you know, I mean, we can bring these people together to really get in a room together, strategize how we make this happen for real, for real, how we get the money for real, for real, you know, get all of those black investors, you know, the rappers that are all the creators to come off, get all the Mm -hmm. creators, you know, that are, that are popping on TikTok right now. Like, I think, you know, there needs to be somebody who has that type of influence that, you know, could get, and maybe, you know, the tech John could do, I don't know. We'll be there. Tech John. Like, like, yeah. we, we can moderate that panel, you know what I'm saying? Like, <laughs> and like but, but somebody needs to do that and get these people in a room and, and talk about what it really take, what it would really take to make this happen. Yeah, right. And, and, and as I said, and you know, what I like about this story so much is the fact that it's just possible. Because this this wasn't absolutely. something that was possible, you know. I threw in here right at the uh, you know right before we went uh, live uh, about uh, Greenwood District Studio. This is a story. It literally just came out in the news today, um, and this is a actual movie studio that a comedian has you know got backing and funding to put together uh, up in Michigan. Um, it's it's going to be a black owned uh, movie studio where they are going to create. Um, you know, FUBU style uh, content, um, you know, like I said, I don't want to compare it to 
uh, what Tyler Perry has done with his stuff yet because that dude's a billionaire. You know, they, they clearly aren't there yet. But it's just the, the opportunity is like, hey, we have people who want to see a certain type of comedy. We have people who want to see a certain type of story. We're not seeing that out in the market and they're willing to put their dollars in front of it. Let's go build a movie studio. And I'm just glad that I'm seeing so many uh, folks doing this. Another one, you know, um, Country Wayne. I don't know if you guys have ever uh, seen uh, any of his comedy. But this his, dude is. His, YouTube, his YouTubes are hilarious. They are What's hilarious. His name? Country, uh, Country Wayne. Wayne. Country uh, he's, Wayne. Yeah, he's I one of them social him. media social media uh, stars that you know pretty much made a name for themselves solely on social media to where so much so to where it would be hard to pull him into something network because he's making a killing on social media right. and YouTube. If the platform was there, because I bet Country Wayne ain't turning down a Netflix deal, a three picture no, Netflix. Man, so I that's say what that, I'm saying. You yeah, gotta, you gotta right. make the platform attractive enough mm-hmm. that it adds value to what you're doing on your own. You know what I mean? Right. And, and it's so, the, but, and that's the key. I think the, the quality of the platform is going to be the make or break, you know, because gotcha. we, we don't, you know, as black folks, we don't give folks a second chance. If, if the thing ain't right, oh man, I went there. It ain't, they made me with 30 minutes. I ain't never going back there right. again. You know what I mean? You're not going to give a whole lot of time, you know, so to right. the, work, the work, the kinks out, unfortunately, you know, mm-hmm. for better or for worse, um, you're not going to get a whole lot of chances to, to, to especially technical kinks. Like, if your site, mm-hmm. if your app is crashing and the website don't work and and buffering and all that other stuff, like like we need all of those pieces to come together in a, mm-hmm. in a very significant way, um, along with the content. And it can um, be done. It, it can it, be know, done. We we shouldn't have all these different. Uh, it shouldn't have to be the only way that these things cream, you know, these platforms rise to the top. They got to struggle and mm-hmm. they got to scratch and they got to right. scrape. Right. You know, we don't until. Need to struggle. Right. There should be a way to where we could get together and be like, all right, here, you know, and then, you know, support you and let you grow, you know, and it, it would just be nice to be able to do that. You know, right. Agreed. So, so yeah, like this was this was an, an awesome story. I knew we were going to have a, a good conversation with it. Tech John's invite Afrotech. I'm just saying, <laughs> <laughs> I'm shooting my shot right now because we need to make this happen. And it, there's no reason it can't, you know. Especially with all the investors now, we got Snoop and Carmelo and Hammer and all these people putting all this money into these startups. It's like put it into a start a, a content startup for Black folks. Come mm-hmm. on, absolutely. I got five on it. Head over to Hulu this March, where our new shows and movies will keep you streaming all month long. Catch the acclaimed movie All of Us Strangers, starring Paul Mescal and Andrew Scott. Stream the new Hulu original limited series, We Were the Lucky Ones, with Joey King and Logan Lerman. And don't forget about Grey's Anatomy. Every Grey's episode ever is now streaming on Hulu. So, what are you waiting for? Go stream something new on Hulu. Hey everyone, I've been on the go recently. Phoenix, Kansas City, Chicago. If you're like me and have a home but aren't always at home, you have an Airbnb. Hosting your home or a spare room is a very practical side hustle. If you live in a big game town, you can Airbnb your place for fans to stay in. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash post. (laughs) So, Tech Life Steph, you had Terrence and I... (laughs) 
read this. Uh, it, it was a, it was a really 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 good article. But you hit us up or text me. Oh, it must be important because she texted us. Well, it's story. funny because I wanted I I had I had saved a few different um, articles from I used Apple News Plus and I had saved a few different articles and the one about the TikTok. And and this and I couldn't remember this one and I I thought I saved it I didn't have it in my saved um, I had opened it in my browser and and then lost that window I don't know but I I forgot about this story and this was really the main one I wanted to include for this week so when I went back and found it again I was like oh snap I I did want to talk about like we <laughs> definitely got to talk about this one so I'm I'm happy that we were able to get it in the show we got it in the show and mm-hmm. I read I read. The entire article. Mm-hmm. It was nine times longer than I thought it was going to be, <laughs> but it 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 was good. So I'm. This is your article. This is your story. I'm going to let you go ahead and tell folks what what it is we're talking about. So we are talking about the idea that 23 and Me is now um, sort of um, evolving from just a DNA testing company, um, an ancestry sort of health judging you do you have the breast cancer gene or or whatever to actually making drugs based on the data on the genetic data they've collected from their 11 million users um it that was always their their goal uh at the beginning of the article it talks about how uh when when 23andme went public earlier this year um one of the one of the first investors gave and Wajiki, I hope I'm pronouncing her name correctly. Um, the uh, one sheet pitch that she gave them in the beginning about how she saw this company going over time. And she's basically held true to that this whole time is basically get the, you know, get the kits going, make them popular and then get the data, you know, first comes the money, then comes the cash, then comes the, you know, whatever. And, and, and this was always a part of their plan was to grab that data and then be able to leverage that data to create almost custom solutions based on various genetic typing, um, you know, and, 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 and illness. So, uh, it, it, it all sounds good because it usually always does sound good at the beginning, but there are are so many different red flags um, to this story to me that I just I, I I feel like we had to be aware of of what was happening because you know I think I think black folks use those sort of ancestry kids oh, as, as as much as as much as anybody else, um, and this just reeks of Henrietta Lacks at scale. Um, And if anybody doesn't know who Henrietta Lacks was, she was a a Black woman, you know, back in the day. I don't know the actual year um, uh, that everything kind of went down, but she got cancer and they used some of her cells um, and they are still using some of her cells like like decades later because she had this kind of these these cells that, that continued to replicate on their own for a long period of time, which was unheard of. That's why they called the, the the story about her is called the immortal life of Henrietta Lacks because her cell her cells are still actually alive and they've made millions and millions of dollars off of the cancer um, treatments that they've 
been able to uh, develop based on her cells um, and her family has sued. And I think they might've finally got some, some money behind it, but Oprah made a movie about this woman's life and, and the whole thing. I've, I've, I got the book around here somewhere. Um, but it, this just reeks of that at scale. You know, I, I, I understand that everybody that used one of these kits checked the box to say, yes, you can use my data however you want. Um, but I don't think anybody really read that and knew exactly what that meant for real, for real. Um, and and, you know, that's just one, you know, of the of the issues I have with this whole thing. So the the thing with this where I see potential issues is that this is, you know, um, 23andMe is not a insurance company. It is not a hospital. Uh, they're, they're not a medical services provider. Therefore they don't, they don't fall under, uh, HIPAA laws. Um, you know, what is it? Healthcare insurance portability act or um, portability and accountability act or something like that, but they don't fall under these laws, which basically makes it virtually impossible for these organizations, hospitals, insurance companies, medical providers to share your information with anyone. Um, you know, in some cases, even when you give them the the ability to, you say yes, I don't mind you right. sharing it. They still have some, you know, some rules that. Well, even though you said yes, we need to really make sure that you meant yes. Um, whereas with this, this is a privately owned company. If you say, "Yep, you can do whatever you want to do with my uh, my genome that you've now mapped," <laughs> right. um, you know, kind of, you know, uh, you, you have to understand what that what that means. And I, I get it. I have an aunt who is really, really, really into like genealogy and, and all that kind of stuff. And I think that uh, it wasn't, uh, you know, uh, 23 me. I think she might have been um, with Ancestry.com or something like that, you know, back in the day before. It's like, I don't know if that's where you, where you want to be, you know, when you start to look at, you know, who that, you know, company is owned by. But uh, she's really into this and, you know, trying to figure out, oh, you know, this is, you know, where we stem from in this part of, uh, you know, Western Africa, you know, all, all that kind of really good stuff. But they have your genome that, you yeah. know, the, the reason this company exists is because, you know, a few years back, you know, we finally mapped the human genome. And there's so many things that come from that. But you are, you know, spitting in a, you know, spitting in a cup and sending it to this company and they now have you. Um, they have, you know, everything there is about you, your, your DNA. And I think for, uh, you know, where, uh, 23andMe is looking to go to where they want to actually start making drugs, uh, and using the information, uh, you know, that, that they've collected on their millions of customers who have paid good money to have their genome mapped. Um, you know, they, they want to make drugs. So everything sounds Really, really good. You know, I believe that the CEO was saying she's even said, you know, we wouldn't do that kind of thing. I've, you know, I've never done that kind of thing. It's like you maybe you wouldn't, but this you know, this company is probably going to outlast you. Um, That's what they always. And and at some point, you know, I think you know for this to take off, you know, people are going to have to understand what it means when you have say, yeah, you can do with this, you can share this data with whom you want to share it with. Um, you know, even though this is not a medical institution, I'm wondering if we're going to see some laws come into place to where they start getting treated almost like a, you know, almost like a medical facility where, where maybe a HIPAA type of law, uh, you know, protects the consumers that are that are giving their uh, genome. You know, there's so many other things that I can think that could go wrong, particularly for folks that look like us. But just across the board, uh, regardless of what your, uh, you know, what color you are, what culture you come from. You may not want to just have it out there for companies to trade 
and to innovate on and to use you as you know their their, their model for creating guinea pig, you know, as their guinea pig exactly literally so it's the <laughs> and uh, i'm pretty sure i'm making light of this um you know comparison but it's this to me it's like the same thing with facebook and apple facebook was taking all this data taking all this data you know and we thought we were just they were just going to use it to better uh, give me a better news. Feed. Improve your services and experience on the platform. <laughs> uh, right, right, right. So everybody says, yeah, sure. They're going to do something to make my experience on Facebook cooler. Right. You know, and then fast forward, they're doing all this other stuff, you know, selling your data, whatever the case may be. So then Apple comes along and says, hey, what we're going to do for our customers is give users the option on whether or not Facebook can track you and take all your things. And surprisingly, but not really surprisingly, most people said, yeah, I don't want them to do that. Mm -hmm. So I take that same mm -hmm. argument and put it towards uh, this particular show uh, company, you know, 23andMe and their plan. If 23andMe came out the gate and said, yo, we're going to take your data, we'll help you find out, you know, your ancestry or wherever you come from, uh, but what we're also going to do is we're probably going to either one, sell your data to pharmaceutical companies and who knows what they're going to do. And two, we may even turn into a pharmaceutical company. And then once we come through this crazy breakthrough or whatever, charge you access to right. do whatever, whatever. Is that cool? Right. Most people would probably say it. No. So it's almost like, yeah, sure. It sounds great or but it sounds it sounds altruistic that 23andMe wants to has these grandiose plans of uh, cancer research, you know, all these other diseases that plague us now that uh, we feel, you know, with the right money, with the right brains, with the right whatever drugs, whatever the case may be, we can eradicate a lot of these things, dementia, Alzheimer's, cancer, all these things that plague us, right? But the reason why you... Uh, presented the you pre, you presented this case and then turn around and use it for something other than what we got the impression that you were going to use it for and that to folks it's like people don't like to be taken advantage of and this you could use this twenty three and me thing and say I felt like they played me and nobody well, likes to get played regardless of the reason everybody was going to want their cut. That right. was the other thing. I'm like, right. if you using my DNA to create and you just made, oh, I'm going to need a percentage of that, you know, and they knew that that would happen. And they knew right. those floodgates would open and everybody and their mama would be like, I need you. You owe me five dollars. So it, 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 it's disingenuous to say. Um, and she actually said, and I wrote it down. Where is it? Where is it? Where is it? Where is it? Oh, she wanted to. She said, can we be the first drug development group that is loved by people? Because typically, you know, pharmaceutical companies are just like, you know, bad taste in the mouth, the awful giants that charge a bunch of money for stuff. Um, and, you know, she has this sort of, you know, utopian idea of what this company can be, but it's just not realistic. It just doesn't fit into a capitalist society narrative at all. Um, you know, I images of, of Martin Shkreli come to mind when I think about mm -hmm. this as well. He was the guy that that took the price of, a, of an AIDS drug from $13 to $7. $150 because he could. And, mm -hmm. and, and, you know, I just don't see 
how the average consumer wins from this. You know, right. I mean, you know, there might be the one person that who has this rare disease that they're able to fast track a, a treatment for because of this data um, that that gets cured. But, you know, by and large, I just don't see how the consumer um, is going to come out on top in all of this. So I just wanted to be clear and say, so, you know, what 23andMe has actually done what they're doing. Mm-hmm. What they're telling you sounds on the up and up. And there's some there's some pieces of this that absolutely make sense. They have, I believe, six million customers. They have a lot of DNA. They have 11 they have million. They have 11 million, oh, 11 million customers. Million. And their data set is based off of 8.8, the 8.8 million customers that opted in and said, yes, you can use my data. So okay. they have data, data points from 8.8 million people right so now. So they have enormous amounts of data. And if you use that data, um, you can come up with some ingenious drugs. You know, there's no mm-hmm. question about that. So all the stuff that and they're telling you, they, they can do these things very uh, effectively, very cost effectively because they have your genome. That part, there's no dispute in that. There are a lot of goods, you know, a lot of good can come out of this. But what we're talking about is that there's our capitalism society. (laughs) This is a company. (laughs) This is a company who, you know, you know, their bottom line is, can we be more profitable than we were yesterday that, you know, can we turn this dollar today into two dollars tomorrow? That is what ultimately drives them. So I'm just saying for me personally, and I think you guys would probably agree on this. It's like. There, there needs to be, you know, some, some, some rules that are going, you know, you know, a lot of people who are really, really smart need to think about this and come up with, we need to put some rules, some procedures in place that are going to protect people about things they weren't thinking of when they said, oh yeah, you can use my data to find right. out what part of Europe I'm from or what part of, you know, Asia I have, uh, you know, uh, ancestors from, um, you know, I think that's where, uh, you know, this is, I don't want to say going off the rails, but it, this is where they, it, it, there's a potential for it too. So I just wanted to, you know, put that clear. There is a, a lot of good that can come from what they're trying to do. We just want to make sure that we're protected as they're actually doing it. Because although she has said, you know, we want to be loved, you know, we've never done that. I wouldn't do that. You know what? You wouldn't do that, but I don't trust your board. Uh, You know, maybe I trust you, you, but I don't trust your board. And so. you know what the the old saying goes: the the road to hell is paved with good intentions. Well, that's, that's right. That's absolutely right. And it's funny because there there have been reports, and I don't know, I don't I don't know if these have been substantiated, but when Ancestry.com first came out, that they were actually selling data to insurance companies, to healthcare ins- insurance companies, and they those companies were then making determinations about who could get covered or not based on that data. One of these companies was doing that. So so there's no real. Um, um, anything keeping 23andMe from doing that as well. Also, um, in the article, it talked about the idea that, you know, based on those 8.8 million people's data, they could create, you know, cures or treatments for various um, specific uh, conditions and then sell them back to the people that they know have the condition that they got the data from in the first place. You know, so so what kind of monopoly are you creating in that instance when, you know, you're the only company that makes a, a drug that this person that you know has this, you know, it, 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 it just something ain't sitting right. There's something in the milk ain't clean with that. Um, and then you can charge whatever you want. Again, so now we go back to the price gouging. That's a possibility as well. So it, there's there's just, there's, you know, like you said, there's there's a lot of pros and benefits and and the idea that that we could get to to cures and treatments faster and and more efficiently but 
this this just reeks. This just this just reeks right. to me. This just absolutely reeks. The whole thing. And like I said, I, I, you know, sorry, not sorry. Is, this is just you know my opinion. I don't necessarily want to see this shut down. I just want safeguards put yeah. in place that well, can see, protect that, me that, from yeah. the thing that I'm not well, even we, thinking about. We, we see how well that's going with social media right. in our federal government. Right, <laughs> right, and, right. and, and, well, and, they're, and they're trying to sidestep the same uh, roadblocks, red tape, uh, political. Um, uh, stuff, for lack of a better term, that holds this type of stuff up. But on the flip side, it protects it protects companies from you know falling to to where now again there's a data leak or whatever the case may be. You know all these other things. So it's almost like you know, especially when it comes to stuff as important as our health and our DNA, there should be you know, guards and safety and things right. uh, in place. So, and then let me just take this time to shout out my homegirl, uh, Gina Page. She is the co-founder of African Ancestry. And one of their models is because they juxtapose themselves against, like you mentioned, Stephanie, at just regular ancestry that may or may not have been caught up in whether they're selling your data to insurance companies and then they use that to figure out your insurance costs or whatever. African ancestry, you know, they really said, okay, we definitely are not like these folks because the only thing we're going to use your data for and we're not going to sell your data is to use it to trace your roots, which is what a lot of black folks specifically use these right. services for primarily is to trace their roots, you know? So just to uh, put that in a, in a, in a, in a con construct is, you know, that that's what a lot of people use these things for. And then the fact that they, these companies are now saying, okay, we're going to try this and we're going to try that. That's not what the people signed up for, even though they did check that box. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, I'm sure we'll be talking about this again. Cause, uh, they're about to get a whole another big infusion of cash. They've already they they just went public. Um, they already had a a, a relationship or an, or a, a, co a collaboration agreement with Glaxo um, to do some other stuff. Now they're actually doing their own. So this is you know this genie is out of the bottle at this point, and it'll just remain to be seen. It it because it's going to take some government intervention to to get some stuff set up so that you know people aren't being taken advantage of and this data is not being used in, in nefarious ways. Um, but, uh, but, but we'll see, we'll, we're going to keep our eyes on it. This is definitely in, in the meantime, I ain't going to be spitting in no cups. <laughs> <laughs> I'm this is, this is definitely a story that we want to keep an eye on just to, just to see how this goes. But uh, that being said, we are, uh, you know, we're, we're, we have a little bit of a format change. That we're uh, making to the show. Normally, this is where we would go into, uh, you know, our uh, patrons, our new patrons. We're still going to do that. But uh, we've got a little new uh, spotlight called the Tech John Spotlight that we're going to do in the show. So, Stephanie, I'm going to let you take it away. All righty. So this, again, we just want to highlight people of color in tech, um, either past or present, doing big things or doing historic things or or doing anything just so we can get the same kind of shine um, that everybody else gets and that we certainly deserve. So this week we are talking about Gerald Jerry Lawson. Gerald Jerry Lawson was a gaming pioneer who in 1976 led a team of engineers that developed and released the first removable video game cartridges. 
Lawson built the Fairchild Channel F console, whose technology was later adopted by gaming brands like Atari and Nintendo. The Channel F console included the gaming world's first digital at-home joystick and the first ever pause button, in addition to the removable cartridges. After leaving Fairchild, Lawson went on to found Videosoft in 1980, which made gaming software for the Atari 2600 and was believed to be the earliest Black-owned game development company. Born and raised in Queens, Lawson never graduated from college, but has an award in his name through the IDGA Foundation, an endowment in his name at USC sponsored by Microsoft and video game company Take-Two Interactive, and was inducted into the World Video Game Hall of Fame. So salute to Gerald Jerry Lawson. I don't know if he was the one that suggested you blow on the cartridges to make them work better, but he had, but he was the one responsible for the cartridges that we used in our games um, back in the day and today. So now, I don't know so about you, Stephanie, but Terrence and I are both, I think we both would consider ourselves gamers. And, uh, I play games. I ain't no gamer. Okay, I'm I, not a gamer. I'm not like I used to be. But when I was in college, I used to carry a joystick with me in my backpack because you never knew where a game of Tecmo Bowl was going to was going to break out. Who's normal when you was in? So that, that's how I was. And it, it's kind of you know I don't play clearly as a as, you know as much as I used to. But uh, I could just say this dude is probably created. Probably in the years of enjoyment, when you think about just the number of hours that I've played video games from the time I was, you know, six, seven, eight years old until I'm almost 50 now. So, uh, so yeah, this this was a good, you know, a, a good spotlight to kick it off. And we're, I think we're going to do this every week, right? Uh, we're going to try. Try to do this every week. And if anybody has somebody that they want to see spotlighted, definitely, you know, hit us up on socials at the Tech John all around the web. And um, and we would love to, you know, shout them out. You know what? For folks who are still listening, um, I, did, I, I meant to mention this at the beginning of the show, so I'll make sure I do it at the beginning of the next show. But we're on Discord. So if you want to hit us up, that is the way to do it. I was talking to Terrence the other day. I was like, hey, I just turned Discord on. There's like 30 some people who instantaneously started talking. Um, I, I was not expecting that it was going to uh, you know, be that quick. But uh, yeah, we are on Discord. So if you want to hit us up, hit us up on our Discord uh, patrons. And speaking of patrons, we have uh, every week, um, you know, we are blessed to say that every week since we have started our, uh, you know, our Patreon account, that we have had multiple people sign up and uh, who are supporting us and helping us hold the show down financially. And we have more this week. So as we always do at the end of our show, I want to read these names off. So this week we have Tanya E, Angelique A, Rich Wright, Charles W. Baisden, and Yvette Corley. These are our I new patrons. Those people are personal friends of mine, so thank yeah, you. I, I love y'all. Yeah, I, I, I know some of them names as well. So, uh, so yeah, I am uh, just you know we're, we're so honored that you would actually uh, you know financially help support our, our our new podcast. I mean, this is just episode nine. We've only been doing this for you know not three months yet. So it's uh, it's always it's always nice to see that we have folks who are saying you know you know I like the show so much I'm going to actually help them do what they do like you said cream rises to the top when you put good stuff out there <laughs> folks will support so um why don't you guys tell folks how they can reach out and get to you all right well you can find me everywhere on the socials at brother tech b-r-o-t-h-a-t-e-c-h and i am all around the web at tech like steph and you can check out my website at till 
And I am at all things Rob Dunwood. Not, not at, I shouldn't say it like that. I am at Rob Dunwood on all the things. Let me say it that way. That's probably a little bit. All thing, you're all things, Rob. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And y'all, we're going to go ahead and call it a show. All right, all right. All right. So we will holler at everybody in a week's time. Peace. Peace. Tired of ads barging into your favorite news podcasts? Good news. Ad-free listening is available on Amazon Music for all the music plus top podcasts included with your Prime membership. Stay up to date on everything newsworthy by downloading the Amazon Music app for free. Or go to amazon.com slash news ad free. That's amazon.com slash news ad free to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads.